But hello, Cultivate Podcast family. Well, before we begin our conversation today, we just wanted to come on and acknowledge and share our hearts a little bit on the issue facing our world at this time in regards to racial reconciliation. Every person has so much to learn and reflect on during this time as a result of seeing such injustice toward the Black community. And here at the Cultivate Podcast, we believe that God's heart is for justice and restoration, especially when we see one of his precious children is mistreated. He mourns with us, his heart hurts for what he sees, and he's calling his people to repent and make a change. We just wanna encourage each of you to take some time following this episode and really pray about what the Lord may be leading you to do or change in your life or heart as a result of this topic and issue. In order to begin to start the process of change, we wanna focus here on reminding you of the importance of remaining true to who we are called to be if we're gonna call ourselves believers in Christ. People who believe and celebrate a united yet unique body of believers that are each a vital part in carrying out God's plans here on this earth. Throughout this episode, we're also gonna be sharing some excerpts and ideas from Dr. Tony Evans' devotional, Unity, which can be found on the Bible app plan. And we're gonna be using some of his thoughts and wisdom to guide our discussion today on cultivating unity. So let's get started. Welcome, you're listening to the Cultivate Podcast, where we share stories to help us cultivate the characteristics of Christ. We're your hosts, Lydia Bridgman and Kayla Hallstrom. Thanks for joining us as we grow together. Today, we want to welcome our guest, Chris Rink. Kayla and I have both been able to witness how he serves and invests in the local church. And today we wanna to have a conversation with him where he can share his story. And also we can talk about God's heart for a united and diverse body of believers. So welcome, Chris. We're excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you very much, guys. I'm glad to be here. Yes, yes. of course. Well, Chris, we wanna know a little bit about you. So take as much time on this as you would like. Just share a little bit about who you are. You can share about your family, your job, where you serve serve in ministry, really just anything about you and your background. Yeah, for sure. So I recognize that maybe most of you listeners don't know who I am. And to be honest, that's really okay. Um, first and foremost, I'm a believer. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Christian. And that kind of is like at the forefront of who I am and why I do what I do. Um, I just recently graduated from Lincoln Christian University Ooh with a bachelor's in Christian ministry, a minor in preaching, and a minor in spiritual formation. So I'm going all in, ready to go. Awesome, yeah. Uh, I'm 25 years old, so I haven't lived a lot of life, but I've lived quite a bit. Um, grew up pretty fast. I have a large family. Ooh, large, <laughs> large, large. That makes life so fun, went, though. Yes. Right. Holidays, times to get together. yeah. Sometimes, because sometimes we're too big, so it's like impossible. But, <laughs> Can't get everyone in one room. <laughs> right. We we make it work, though. Um, born in 1995, I'm actually adopted um, July 5th, 2000, so celebrating that is coming up. Aww. Can't wait. We might not have fireworks, but we got family, so yeah. to me, Aww. that's just as important. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a twin sister, uh, two younger siblings, an older sister, three older siblings then um, through adoption. Uh, we're all pretty close, um, except for my sister. Um, she lives in California in the Sacramento area with one of my nieces. 
And I don't know, big families and something you kind of get away from because where we live, we literally kind of share a backyard. And just the other day, nieces and nephews <laughs> running back and forth between their house and mama and papa's house. And oh, that's so fun. Oh, yeah. It's it's always something special. You know, you could be doing nothing, and then little Bethel or Zeke comes down and Uncle oh. Creek, Uncle Creek. Oh. Where are the Legos? Uncle Creek, what are you watching? <laughs> Uncle Creek, can I have a popsicle? Oh. Did you ask your mom? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's okay. I'll, I'll get you ones anyway. You're the fun uncle, right? I am the fun uncle. Very, very sure. I can picture it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's quite a bit. Uh, I did some time, you know, at ICC, um, kind of out, out of high school off and on. Uh, it was a good experience. Uh, transferred down to Greenville, down Southern Illinois, for a year, and then I, well, spent three years at LCU. Um, my interests are basketball, football, mm. tattoos, food, mm. lots more food, right? Uh, time in the community, relationships, and ministry. Um, I've served in ministry for almost half my life, um, almost ten years. Uh, I was actually strong-armed into it at first because I was a troubled kid and only went to church to play basketball and talk to girls. Mm. <laughs> Not the worst strategy. I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. Yeah, you know, just growing up in the church. That's right. Yeah. We, we, need, sure. we need to be able to, you know, start Someone's got to get you there, there right? <laughs> exactly. You know, like, come on, we got to admit it, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. And so... Uh, I remember I'd wake up my parents like a half hour early so I could like <laughs> get to the student center so we could like actually play a full game instead mm-hmm. of maybe like shoot around or just play knockout. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, spent a lot of time at the church um, just because my parents had small group afterwards and then we would have youth service afterwards. So I actually would like go get some pizza or some Subway or something, come back, eat it, shoot hoops, sleep on a couch wake up when the worship team started practicing because I knew that's, oh my gosh, people are here. And then go through service and kind of all the way through. So growing up in the church is something that happened. And then I guess I got too enthusiastic and I actually got kicked out of church, not for the best of reasons. Um, Spent about three years away from ministry. Mm. Um, This is before I was involved. Um, Spent three years away from ministry and probably some of the most disunity, because I kind of know unity is what we're talking about today, yeah. the most disunity I've ever had in my life. Mm. And coming back, it's what um, is at the root of unity um, in the Lord is what brought me back. And now I'm on fire all day. Let's go. Every day, all day, Good. every day. And that's kind of what drives drives me through ministry. I've been a volunteer, guest speaker, staff person, um, and mostly in, at Northwoods here in Peoria, but down at school at Greenville, down at LCU, um, spent time in leading inner city missions down through Dream Center Peoria, mm-hmm. spent some time working at a St. Paul Baptist Church last summer um, on Knoxville. Oh, that's a great church. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. I don't know if I'm familiar My with husband that has done some audio yes. work there, I think. Yes, with Pastor yeah. Devereaux. Mm-hmm. So, such a great dude. And, uh, I've guest speak a couple of times and run some podcast stuff uh, at a small so this church isn't your in first Pekin. Podcast? No, this is actually <gasps> wow. my. Little did we know we had right. a professional. We, yeah. <laughs> yes, this is my. Teaches your ways. This is my third. Wow. 
There That's awesome. Is. So I don't know if I'm like in the teach us your ways area, <laughs> but I'm definitely in the, all right, I got this, you but these it. people also got this. Mm, so no. we got this. I'm yes. glad you have confidence in us. Oh, I do. Come on. You guys are both like Olivet grads. Okay. <laughs> you guys are at the, like the top of your field in some areas for sure. Come on. Also, you know. also shout out to my sound guy, Jimmy, in the back. <laughs> yes. He's the one who's keeping this together. It's true. It's That's true. true. So, yes. yeah, I'm working with professionals. I mean, we're coming up on one year anniversary of That's the podcast. True. Yeah. In July. So... Man, crazy. Well, let's name it and praise it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chris, thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself, background. I just love listening to your story and just um, who you are and what like gets you excited and gets you fired up. Um, so before we really dive into our topic, as you mentioned, unity today, um, Chris, just looking at your story, can you share a little bit more about your experience growing up in the Peoria area? What has it been like to grow up as a person of color here. What do I, what do we don't know simply because of the color of our skin? Right. So um, growing up, being adopted, uh, my parents lived in this big blue house um, on Kerner Road, right across from Bethany Baptist, where that is now. Uh, I remember when Grand Prairie Mall wasn't there. I remember when you could- The new mall. Right. I remember you could drive and you could like see the interstate because there's nothing in between and all that stuff. And that big- American flag went up. You could see that about three miles mm-hmm. out, um, driving from the country to pretty much get anywhere because, well, there's nothing out there. Uh, I remember riding my bike at the Felsch Ball out there, shooting hoops, uh, getting holes in my jeans because, you know, that wasn't trendy before. That was actually not okay. <laughs> Didn't buy them that way. Right, right. I remember, you know, climbing trees, uh, making swords out of, you know, sticks and duct tape, and then finally upgrading to power tools mm. so I could really make them look nice. Uh and race and ethnicity never really like hit me, you know. Like this is my family; these are my parents. Um, I go visit my biological mom, uh, see my stepdad. Um, I was, you know, as a kid, you know, I was able to live life, and I did that for maybe the first seven, eight years of my life. And then we, um, I was going to pure Christian at the time, and then we moved further into the country and out in Brimfield. And that changed everything. Mm -hmm. Um, It changed the way I viewed Peoria as a whole. It changed the way I viewed my situation of being the only African-American in my school, not just my grade. And it still wasn't like difficult. It was kind of just like, Hi, my name's Chris. I didn't have to introduce myself as, Hi, my name's Chris. I'm the only black guy within just 20 miles. Is what it is, you know. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, and so that just didn't didn't happen. Uh, you make friends through, you know, not just a, not to color your skin. You make friends because you guys share interests. Mm-hmm. Um, Princeton's a small place. Right. I had a graduating class of 66 kids, and, you know, when you go to school together for 10 years, you know each other pretty well. Um, not always some of the best areas and situations, but that wasn't bad. Uh, it wasn't until I think I started really getting into sports where, you know, some issues or comments mm. came from. Uh, I'll never forget those. Yeah. I played basketball for a long time. I uh, still do from time to time. In my opinion, it's the best sport on planet Earth. <laughs> Basketball's yeah. so fun. Yes. It is. Anybody, it's fast to watch it. It's entertaining. Anybody I can, can get play, behind basketball. No matter what your skill level is, 
you can play. Even you I might get not in the game sometime, you know? Right, you know, and that's a whole nother analogy community <laughs> for, for sure. We won't, won't go there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I played basketball, I played football, uh, I ran track for a little bit and participated in those things. And uh, my, you know, my race, you know, being black wasn't brought up as like, you know, racial stereotypes or racial slurs. It was brought up in uh, things that I thought I was being praised for, but actually being looked on in a negative way. Mm. Um, it was, Chris, like, you're not good at basketball because you work hard or you take hours to shoot hoops in your driveway. It's because well, you're black. And, oh, and yeah, I mean, those were from some of my teammates and those were some people I thought I was close to. Yeah. And, you know, I was 12, 13 years old, so it was like, I mean, I am good, so yeah, whatever. So then getting older, um, just comments. Um, some days you had to pick and choose which ones you wanted to respond to or, or get at. Um, getting into high school from junior high, uh, you start getting comments from parents or people in the people around the neighborhood. And for the most part, they weren't like like controversial. Like it wasn't something that I... I don't know, we either take up arms about or whatever. It was simply I had a strong group of friends, you know, who I could rely on and, and talk with about. Uh, my parents I can talk to. Um, my mom I could talk to for sure. But I definitely didn't have, like, this Christian worldview to back me up through any of it. Mm. Um, getting a little older then, being able to drive, you know, trying to think about where I'm going to go to college, all this other stuff. Things just... Factored, factored in that, well, I wasn't necessarily afraid of before, but like, I remember the first time I got pulled over. Ooh. Yeah, I I have to admit, I was speeding. I was going faster than I should have. Yeah. But I'll never forget that, ever. Um, made it out just fine. You know, nothing like we see today with, you know, right. with uh, what's happening, the world happened. Yeah. But I knew I'd never want to be pulled over again. Right. Um. I knew I never wanted to walk down to the courthouse and either plead my case or pay my fine. Uh, I believe if you commit a crime, you should, you know, do the time. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's true. Yeah. That's the law. Um, yeah. We, we could discuss that on a bunch of different levels, but when it comes down to Romans 13, you know, we need to obey the authority of, of the laws, laws that are in place and work within those to spread the gospel. That's what, that's what it should be about. And, Going off to college, I didn't think I'd make it to college, actually. I thought that sports would be my my way in. And it wasn't because I wasn't smart or whatever. I just, mm -hmm. I wanted that dream. Yeah. You know, there was like some stereotypes to it, but I also wanted it's that. something you're passionate about. My, my, my parents work hard. My parents support me. Um, and I didn't want to not give it all, like my, my, my all, my best, mm -hmm. because... If football could be a way I could get a scholarship that would help me for, pay for college, well, not only does that help me, that helps my parents. Right. That helps my future of maybe student loans or debt mm -hmm. or whatever. And I was like, that's just a thing. And so it didn't happen. So then I just believed that, well, I have no idea what I'm going to do. No idea. Um, wasn't a believer at the time or just starting to be a believer at the time. And... Got a job in Northwest taking out the trash for Jesus, and I was fine with that. I was okay yeah. with that. I made you know enough money to put gas in my car, eat, right. and 
you know, think about some savings for the future. Right. When I wonder where I go to college, uh, missed some opportunities on internships or being able to go abroad, um, which was fine. You know, I was just kind of shooting for the stars at that moment. And, you know, things just kind of fell into place and I am where I am now, but other times constantly, like, <laughs> it sounds kind of dumb, but it, it's it's true. There are places I don't go because really? of the color of my skin. There are really? people I don't talk to. Um, there are people I talk to differently. Mm-hmm. There are responses that I have um, quickly and some I think a lot about. Um, <laughs> uh, getting pulled over is always a trip. Yeah. Always. Um, I'm not like a, I'm not a reckless driver, but I mean, <laughs> it happens. You, yeah. You get, you get pulled over. Yeah. Um, I will, I will be honest. Not every time I've been pulled over has been because maybe someone was like, well, that's a black guy and he doesn't belong here. Mm. I can think about times where it's like, that's what it was. That's what it was. Uh, and <laughs> to be honest, it's a lot of yes, sir, no, sir. Right. And that's like it. It's, uh, it's, it's just not a comfortable situation. Mm-hmm. Um, my actions and my responses aren't driven by fear. Um, they're driven by respective authority, uh, regardless of who you are under that blue. But it doesn't make me feel safe either. Right. Uh, so that happens. Um, Peoria is a pretty big place. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that spread out. Like I love that it takes me 20 minutes to get from my house to the church. It takes me 20 minutes to get from my house to the country. It takes mm-hmm. me 20 minutes to get from my house to this really good restaurant, you know, because you get to cover so much ground. If you go on the interstate, awesome. I love that you're getting where you need to go as quickly as you need to go. But if you take the time to use Knoxville University and War Memorial, you can see how diverse yeah, Peoria really is. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, we've seen growth from it. You know, the new mall. I remember when it wasn't there. Now mm-hmm. look at that area, look yeah. at that space. Um, the growth of our church, mm-hmm. you know, from where, where it was yeah. before to where it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when St. Paul's was Grace Press, and that's where I first played basketball at an organized level when I was like first grade. It was great. <laughs> yeah. First grade Chris playing basketball. <laughs> so cute. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened. We'll need that picture for Instagram. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, no, um, the hardest part about growing up in Peoria um, wasn't school, wasn't sports, wasn't relationships, wasn't being adopted. The hardest part about growing up in Peoria um, <laughs> as a biracial um, son of a African-American man and a Caucasian woman is trying to find your place. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up in the country wasn't easy um, because no one, well, not no one, certain people saw me as brown instead of black. And well, when you kind of put it on a color spectrum like that, that's not, that's not right. Like that's right. not, that's not how, how it works. That's not how the world sees you. Mm-hmm. And so I overcompensated in some areas. Um, part of those three years of darkness I mentioned earlier came from 
hanging out with people I definitely shouldn't be. Um, figuratively and literally taking some shots of people I shouldn't be doing. Um, staying out way too late. Uh, drugs, alcohol, sin. And yeah, that might be a blanket statement, but mm. that's one that's one thing we all share in unity is sin. Mm. Yeah, yeah, uh, true. For and those of you who don't want to hear that, yeah, no, no, without. I'm not gonna apologize for it. Uh, yeah. And maybe that's one of the best places for us to start. Yeah, mm. no, that's so good, Chris. I love um, just hearing your story and hearing your perspective. I mean, I've heard bits and pieces over the years that we've been friends, but I don't know if we've ever sat down and had mm-hmm. a direct conversation about this. And so. I'm sorry, I haven't taken the time to get to know you in this way, but I'm just so thankful that you're sharing with us. Um, if you wouldn't mind speaking a little bit more, you talked a little bit about how your responses in some situations have to be calculated. You know, you know, you know, kind of you have to feel out what's, what to say, what to do. But you also talked about how those have changed mm-hmm. since you've become a believer. What, what has switched since... Um, becoming a follower of Christ and how you react and respond to some of the comments that aren't always made in the most positive light? Uh, Man. Well, I think one of the best ways to kind of put it is it shifted from pointing my finger at a situation or somebody um, to taking it to like a fist bump or like a handshake. Mm. Um, It definitely comes down to instead of it being about me and what I want or where I'm going or what I need or what I want or what I'm after, however you want to yeah. label that, uh, taking t- the time and effort and energy to establish, even if it's like a 10-minute relationship with somebody. Um, one of the most encouraging things that someone has said to me over the past three weeks with everything that's happening happening in our world um, is... Uh, I don't see you as, you know, black or white or whatever. And they're not saying that they're colorblind or that they're trying to blanket all that matter and take away from a movement. They're pretty much just saying, I know you as Chris. Mm. Like, I don't yeah. know you as that they know black you guy. Yeah, for like, you, right. for who you are. Right. They don't know yeah. you as that black guy. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's kind of where it starts. Um, if you can get past your time barrier or your attitude mm-hmm. or your stereotype or, or whatever and stop pointing fingers at something because no one really actually likes that. Uh, and you take the time uh, to shake someone's hand, give them a fist bump, a please, a thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, not even about race, but I promise you, try this. If you point or snap at your waitress or waiter in a restaurant, you probably won't get the best response. Mm. But if you take the time to say, I appreciate what you're doing, thank you, please, mm-hmm. what's your name, and you build some rapport with somebody, even it's if it's for way. the time it takes for you to eat a meal and leave and maybe never come back, not only have you changed your day, you probably actually really helped someone else's. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's really that's really, really powerful. You know, one thing that um, I had mentioned before that we were going to mention some things from Dr. Tony Evans, and he is just, I absolutely love some of his books and just the wisdom that he brings um, to just this idea of unity. And you kind of mentioned some of these things before, but 
a couple powerful things that he kind of says that leads us sort of into what we're going to be talking about next is he says, um, kind of to generalize it, he talks about, you know, when we look at creation, every single person was made in the image of God, Imago Dei. You know, we were created in God's image, and that means that everyone, regardless of race, um, anything, or ethnicity has intrinsic value and worth. And what I love is he goes on to say in his devotional unity um, that all humans were born with esteem because they were created in the image of God. And then this is really powerful. So any form of racism, discrimination, oppression, it's not only a social issue, but as you said, Chris, it's a sin issue at its core. And if we're going to achieve this unity, the first thing we have to do is to speak honestly, Mm -hmm. to call it what it is. You know, you mentioned a whole bunch of different types of sin, and this is included in there as well, um, that racism and discrimination. And Dr. Tony Evans then says, the healing process can only be started once we identify this as sin. And as we recognize sin in our lives and reflect on the ways that we've contributed to this sin against God and his image bearers, we must repent and work towards reconciliation and unity. So Chris, do you have any further thoughts kind of on some of the things I just shared or anything um, kind of going off of what you had mentioned before, just that this is a sin issue? Yeah. Um, So to kind of more specifically answer your question, Kayla, of how um, my responses have changed yeah. to, you know, to the, especially the words of Dr. Tony Evans. What a guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's great. Um, he's got a great bit in the armor of God. So mm-hmm. good. Um, I didn't know my value um, before I knew Christ. I didn't know um, your value. I wouldn't have known my parents' value, mm-hmm. my brothers and sisters' value, my friends, my extended family, I definitely wouldn't know the value of um, this or that officer. I wouldn't know the value of uh, this or this or that person, regardless of who you are, who you claim to be, or where you're at. I wouldn't know your value before I knew Christ mm. because I didn't know mine. Right. Uh, Continuing on with what Dr. Tony Evans said um, to really wrap up the answer. God doesn't just love you. God likes who you are. (laughs) And I know that everyone likes to sing Jesus loves you and this little out of mind and amazing grace and all of that other stuff. And those are great. To start there, to get to salvation and eternal life, we need Christ on the cross and then resurrected. That's what we need in our life. Right. But even if you're not a believer, this can apply to you. God saw value in you before Christ died on the cross for your sins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it was always part of the plan because, well, men aren't perfect, women aren't perfect, and the fall happened, you know, two chapters later in Genesis. But God has a value set for you before Jesus died on the cross for your sins. How much more does that make your value now that Christ has died on the cross for your sins, been raised and is seated at the right hand of the Father, naming and claiming you as a son or a daughter? Mm, yeah. Like how much so more? Good. I have a picture from when you taught 
in my old classroom. So second through fourth graders. And you're through, I think the main point was like, God loves, God is love. So pretty typical what you're talking about, but you broke it into three and it was, God loves me. God likes me and God has a plan. And I love that, that um, emphasis there is not just about this unconditional love. He likes who you are. He has, Mm. he values who you are. He appreciates you, which can come in the word love too. But sometimes when you separate those two, it just, it hits a little different to know, no, God likes me. He, that makes me think he delights in me. Mm -hmm. You know, there's enjoyment there. Um, And that's just so powerful to know that about yourself and yeah. recognize that it's true for every single other person you come yeah. into contact with. I know. And it's like the cool thing about what you just shared, it just really hit me that we can't see other people that they're made in the image of God unless we understand that about yeah. ourselves. Yeah. You know, we really have to check and see, do we believe that? Have yeah. we recognized that truth? And then, I mean, even thinking about, you know, before we knew Christ, we didn't, recognize things in our life that were sin. You know, we didn't recognize. And so really a huge part of this and towards that unity is knowing Christ (laughs) and understanding who you are in Him and then having your eyes open to the sin and the things in your life that that are not in line with His heart. So that's powerful. I love that. Yeah, I mean, the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. And so yeah, there is a exactly. component of identifying your own value if mm-hmm. you're going to be able to place value and worth on somebody else. Of course. Yeah. So good. So okay. good. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that um, Dr. Tony Evans talked about is um, that phrase divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one that's thrown out a lot. Um, it's, you know, a strategy to help, you know, spread your resources and try and get as much as you can. Um but sometimes the same tactic works against us in the body of Christ. He was saying, you know, he seeks to divide and conquer because he knows that if we're disunified as the church, then there's holes and cracks that he can slip slip into and break us apart. And it'll um, not be about dividing and conquering. It will just be division. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all it'll be. Um, and it's so evident that that's what's going on a little bit right now, that tensions are high and people are trying to rally together, but where there's cracks, the enemy is trying to come in. Um, Just last week, I've been reading through all of the gospels for the month of June. And I was in Matthew 12, um, where the Pharisees are accusing Jesus of working with the enemy while he is driving out evil spirits. So it's like, hey, you you're you're working for the enemy, but also you're getting rid of demonic presence. So that totally makes like you just hear that out loud and we're like, what were they thinking? Like you say it out loud and you're like, that eh, doesn't make sense, which obviously Jesus knew because you know he's a smart guy. And <laughs> Jesus responds with the famous words, uh, Matthew 12, 25 um, he said, it says, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Division will cause things to fall, will cause things to crumble. Will, it just, it does not work. What, mm-hmm. From what we read in the Bible, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't add up. It can't. Um, and whether that's in our nation, it's in our community, that's in our local church, it's in um, 
our group of friends or the people who are closest to us, a house divided against itself will not stand. It won't last. And um, Chris, maybe in your own words, what do you believe? Um, what do you believe unity means and what does that look like in the body of Christ for us to move away from division mm-hmm. and towards unity? Yeah. Well, for those of you who are listening, you're not sitting where I'm sitting right now. This is actually my first time at Rock Studios. Um, and one of the things that really takes my breath away when I, when I see here and I take it all in are these stained glass windows. Mm, I know. I love them. Yeah, they are probably some of the most beautiful pieces of art um, to come out of the Christian tradition, and I really wish we had more of them around. But I'm looking at them, and they got all these different kind of colors on the rim, all right? They got, you know, red, black, blue, purple, teal, yellow, brown, green, um, maroon, all these different kind of colors, and they come together that way. But then in the middle, it's transparent, it's clear. I can see outside. Outside, I can see in here. Uh, but most importantly, the light shines through it. Um, regardless of whether it's hidden color or it's hidden clear, it all shines through. And unity in the church can look like that. Mm. Um, I know that's real like art, visual, that hopefully we can all um, come together and experience um, together. But I found that the best answer is the Trinity. Mm. And... I hope you are all encouraged and blessed by the answer. And if some of you are confused and concerned, I also hope you are as well, because to understand the Trinity is a lifelong thing. Yeah. And that just means you're hopefully fired up or curious about Christ and God and the Holy Spirit and how it all works. And because it takes a lifetime, why would you not want to have a relationship with Christ? Why would you not want to have a relationship with the Father why would you not want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit to live your every day, not just being your best self, but the most valued self um, that you can be um, as a believer? So you need the church looks like reflecting the Trinity. Um, you could paint more pictures of taking a stick and breaking in half and breaking in half again and breaking in half again, and it only gets difficult to break when you have all those sticks in the bundle and you try and break it. Mm. Um a sign of, of strength and unity where it's not hard. Um, you see in weddings a lot, you know, whether you're a believer or not, people get married and uh, yeah. you have you have lots of uh, unity candles. You have uh, tying of knots. Mm. You have uh, pouring of sand. Yeah. Uh, you have all these, just like, you know, subtle ways to just bring in unity because, well, two people are getting together for the rest of their lives and, well, you're going to have to be in unity. Does that make you both perfect? No, it does not. Uh, unity to me, though, in the church, looks kind of like this. And I had to write it down because I knew you'd ask. Oh, he's he's about to preach. And, <laughs> Come on, Chris. And I, I Let's go. He's, if he's got notes, you know it's going to be good. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, all right. So it's easy um, for all of us to be together in the dark. It's really easy. Um, in the dark, everyone is equal. Mm. Most importantly, though, everyone in the dark is equally blind. And when you think about real dark, especially when it comes down to probably like the sin of your life that affects your hearing, your seeing, your smelling, touch, it affects all of it. Mm. 
Yeah. All right. So everyone's equal in the dark. Unity is about having the courage to be the light in the dark because when I see you and you see me, we each see each other for the Imago Dei, the image of God and the way he created us. United in the light is what pushes away the dark. Mm. All right. You could find quotes to echo that about love from Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, all of these giants um, in, our in our time, in our past, to speak out to equality and rights and leadership and unity and togetherness. I even went on Pinterest for it, and I'd Ooh. never do that. Wow. So, Pinterest yeah. has some good things. It is. I love yeah. Pinterest. Grew up, thought it was super girly. <laughs> Now I look at it almost every other day it's great. Yes. for tattoo ideas oh, and, that's and how to true. make better chicken. Oh, yes. yeah. Different seasonings. Yes, I also use it for those things. Yes, very true. Mm. Uh, in, in all of it, unity is the evidence that love and respect exist. Yeah. You know, oh, uh, so unity good. is when you stop counting individuals and you start seeing the body as a whole. Mm. You can think about a puzzle if you want to. Okay. All right. Like <laughs> That's that's it. You could go on and on and on, and I hope people do. Yeah. All right. If we ever come to a stop or an end of a list where we can't add anything else to what unity is, well, that's not true. We can actually add one more. We're all lost. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and if we're all lost, it means we have something defined. Right. So unity continues, um, which is hopefully why the body of Christ grows and continue to continues to grow. Yeah. Um, it's a part of who we are. Yeah. I love all those illustrations. The window here, the puzzle piece, the light and the darkness, I think um, that speaks to so many different sides of it. And it's hard to nail it down into one, like this perfectly summarizes unity, but you nice. put all those il different illustrations together and just start processing through that. And that's just so good mm -hmm. to help understand that. Yeah. And I kind of think about, I love that you just saw that stained glass window and thought about yeah, that. Yeah, that was not as, in his notes. As just you throwing were talking, that out there. Yeah, as you were talking about that, it made me start to think about that and some of the things that I've been thinking about and studying. And another thing that um, I've learned from Dr. Evans is um, just that unity is really in the church. What it looks like is coming together over a shared purpose and a shared mission. And that mission is to preach the gospel. You know, he gives um, this awesome other example of um, in football, which is so great to know that you love sports. And this football example is just talking about as a team, you know, as a body of believers, all of us have different roles to play in the church. You know, it talks about that a lot in the Bible as well. But we each have... Um, different positions, different roles um, in God's great plan. But then again, in the game of football, we're all going towards the same end zone and going for the same goal. And I just love thinking about it that way because it just kind of gives me a visual of, you know, God's plan. Race was always a part of God's plan. It's true. But God's plan also included a way to create unity among different races. And that center is Jesus. And that's the only way that we're going to be able to see it that way and live that way um, in our lives. And, and Dr. Evans also talks about through Christ, racially divided groups get reconciled into one body, the church, 
And the church is a place where there shouldn't be divisions because of our unity in Christ. We have that common goal, as I said, of advancing the kingdom by sharing the gospel. And when we come together, we are stronger together and we'll be victorious in that mission. So kind of going into our next question, since we're called to be united, but we also want to honor, you know, what each individual person brings to the church with their culture, their gifts. You know, Chris, how do you think unity and uniqueness can both exist in the church? Right. Uh, (laughs) Hmm. I think it starts with... um, how you capitalize and lowercase your letters. Mm. Um, Unity in the church begins with a capital C. All right. Like we are all inclusive as the body of Christ uh, to be the church, to share the message of the gospel. All right. And guess what? All are welcome. All right. You don't got to be perfect to come to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where some of that uniqueness comes into because if the church is made of perfect people, no one would be there. It'd be empty. Uh, so your uniqueness does come from you being you. Are you being um, brave and empowered and encouraged to be authentic? Mm. Now, I'm not saying you should come in and scream your head off because you had a bad week because that's not <laughs> the time and place for that. Right. Uh, but you should be able to come as you are. Yeah, be fully who you are. Right. Um People aren't perfect, like I, like I just said. Um, so churches are filled with unperfect people. That excites me. Mm. Yeah. That excites me because yeah. not only as when I was not a believer, I wasn't perfect. Um, um, I was less than perfect for sure. And then I was invited and brought into this this community, this this place of unity. I'm still not perfect. Yet all these people of different backgrounds and viewpoints and hobbies and likes and dislikes and social media pages and, you know, levels of faith and theological background and worship and praise and you could go on and on and on. They all accept me for who I am because of Jesus. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I see uniqueness in the church pretty much like a football thing, you know, Played football for a long time in, in school and in high school and um, gave it a shot in college. Um, couldn't do it. It's too much, <laughs> it's too, okay. much, too much homework. Um, uh. Also transferring to a school that didn't have a football team, which is okay. <laughs> uh, if you ever meet a coach, though, LCU, I'll be there. <laughs> uh, but uh, it does um, kind of look like that. Um, our pastor, Pastor Cal, is a big Packers fan. I'm a big Bears fan, so... Boom. A little disunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little, little, di- little disunity, but we, we still praise and worship in the same space. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's got their, their spot. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's in the front or in the back, that shouldn't limit you to say amen when, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, is alive in you. Um, none of that should stop you. Um, whether you're preaching, whether you're singing, whether you're serving, or whether you're there for the first time, none of that should stop you because of what God has done in your life. Right. Um, I work at a gym. I work at Gold's Gym over in Grand Prairie. Mm-hmm. And on the door, you know, the sign, I just rough paraphrase, the sign says the hardest part, you've already done the hardest part, you're here. Mm. Yeah. Um, the hardest part True. for people is 
just walking in the door. Yeah, the motivation to at, get there. and At the gym, yeah. at school, definitely in church. Um, it's the hardest part. Um, I know we haven't been able to meet like we normally have because of you know quarantine and COVID-19. So but I cannot wait to just be the body of Christ again yeah. Yeah. in the building. I know that Northridge isn't the only building out there. Right. Uh, but but it's, it's your home church. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, uniqueness comes from action. Mm. Um, a couple of years ago, I was encouraged to read a book called Worship is a Verb. Mm. I do not have a musical bone in my body, but <laughs> I can sing Amazing Grace like the best of them. No. Yeah. Hidden talent. Oh, you best believe it. I, I have to have you I in the practice. studio. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that one. I practice. <laughs> oh, nice. Actually, did you sing it in a message one time? I did. I, okay. I did sing. I, I don't think <laughs> it must have been good if you it remember. Was, it was an amazing grace, though. What'd you say? You, yeah. Something. In Converge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shh. Mm. It was something small. It wasn't the whole thing. Yeah, no. Yeah. Was, I remember the moment, but oh, anyway, <laughs> oh, I was I was there mm, for sure. You were. Uh-huh. You ever not there? <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always here. Uh, but no, we said so. Come on, how worship is a verb, and verbs have like you know action and all other stuff. And so that's kind of what your unity and uniqueness come together. Yeah. Um, to continue, Doctor Tonio's football analogy. I mean, if it would be really easy if it was just offense moving the ball to the end zone. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also a defense there, and their job is to stop you. Right. Yeah, right? that's a good so point, So they too. can have their turn offense. So the unity and uniqueness battle of, of church or is the body of Christ comes in victory and in loss. You see the best unity mm. in church when there is there is a victory, where there is a message, um, I have never been more alive on the day I was baptized. Mm. To be celebrated on he- in he- in heaven and on earth oh, yeah. for for my decision to become the body of Christ, amazing. Yeah. I have also never been more rocked, shocked, or whatever. If I could put it into words, I don't think I can. When there is a, a funeral. Or a celebration mm-hmm. of life service, and it's not easy, but there is celebration in that life because it's gone from life to life everlasting, mm-hmm. and it feels like a loss, and you're all there for it, you're all together, um, and you should be. Um, 90% of anything is just being present. Mm. Um, I don't care um, where that takes you. Um, if you want to see unity and uniqueness, go to Walmart. That might be <laughs> difficult for someone right now. Don't forget your mask. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I don't know. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. That's okay. Uh, if you want to see unity and uniqueness, go to Walmart. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter your background. Doesn't matter your financial situation, your love life, your relationships, your living situation, whatever. Everyone's paying for the same stuff. Mm. It's all the same price. And it's all stuff you need. Food, clothing, and some comforts for shelter. You know, like, 
there is unity out there. It's not just not in uniqueness. It's not just in the church. Um, I see in the church the most because that's where I spend the most time. And we should be going first. Yes. As the kingdom. Yeah. Chris, I love how much you're just talking about the action behind this. And one of the things we always like to do um, as we kind of come to the end of a topic is talk to our listeners about what they can do practically. At least that's that's one of my favorite parts. Right. I really love I love hearing stories. I love learning. Um, this has just become such a special place to hear people's heart and but I also want um there what are we gonna do with what we've heard, you know, to not just be hearers but doers. Um so how do you feel God is calling the church to change us as a result of the recent events? Who um who do you believe God is calling the church to be in this season? And for someone like me who wants, for, like us, to see things change, what do we do? How do we move um, towards that victory that God is calling the church to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I stump you? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I was trying to think of if I was going to be like, well, pastoral, be like, all right, three things we can do. <laughs> or or just whatever. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not an acrostic guy yet, but it's yet. it's in the it's in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, but hmm. I kind of want to spell fabulous, but I can't with an acrostic. But whatever, that's for later. That just makes me think of High School Musical. No, uh, yeah. you just you just High School Musical you too. You just stole that from me. By the okay. pool, it's fine. Continue. We're Do kind of we're kind of sort of friends. Not exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So for the church. Um, especially not just to see victory, but to celebrate victory mm, um, in this time. Mm. Uh, because there is victories to be seen right now, um, for sure. Uh, first, I would say we've got to have faith. I know that can be a really easy word for some people and a really big word for other people. you got to have faith. I wish I could, you know, just one liner or mic drop that real mm, easy like for somebody. The end. Um, but you gotta have faith. Yeah. Um, the second thing is you gotta have hope. All right. Um, faith can be easy or hard. Hope always carries weight with it. Yeah. Um, oh, boom, acrostic. Hope is the Holy Spirit on people everywhere. All right. As part of that, that unity and trinity, you need the Holy Spirit. Um, in your, in your life, especially as the church in the church to provide that action step for unity. Yeah. And I love the promise. I think it's in Romans five that hope doesn't put us to shame, mm-hmm. that there's no shame in hope. Right. And the last one, probably the biggest action step uh, is inspired by my favorite board game. Sorry. No. Uno. No. You Uno's got- is not a board game. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. It's a card game. Sorry. No. A card game. Right. Phase 10. <gasps> That's a great game, though. Uh, no, my um, this might be the hardest one. Um, and so this, you got to take a risk. Oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, you got to yeah set it all up and, and roll the dice to take over yeah. the world. Um, but you got to take a risk. Um, whether that looks like um, being a part of peaceful protest or um, saying something on social media, not saying something on social media, um, coming to church on Sunday, actually participating while you're there on Sunday, um, you know, ignoring your phone 
or contacting someone you haven't talked to in a long time, uh, taking the time to hear someone's story or their side of the story. It's all a, it's all a risk, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I've had people take a risk on me these past couple of weeks, you know, whether just saying I'm sorry or really trying to take 20 minutes to hear where I'm at or my side of the story mm-hmm. or just saying, hey, I love you, bro. Uh, all of that's a risk. And that's where that's where it's going to have to go. Yeah, that's um, good. You know, through the civil civil rights movement, um, you see people taking risks, sitting at at diners and not getting on buses. Um, you know, fire hoses, dogs, Jim Crow. Uh, you see people taking a risk during slavery to run away to freedom mm-hmm. because they believe in that better life. They believe in that equality for all men. Um, and the most important part about taking a risk, it's not not defined by color. Anyone can you do know, that. Anyone can do that. Yeah. Um, and hey, maybe take a risk. And a great relationship comes out of that. Right. And now we look more like the church than we ever have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're fine. I just, I don't know. I feel like just continually the word action keeps coming to mind because mm-hmm. when you take that risk, in order to take the risk, it comes along with an action. So really what I think is powerful is that we can't just go about our daily day, you know, yeah. daily lives. We need to reflect on what can we actually take a risk on that's going to be an action that we maybe have to step out in faith. We maybe yeah. need to do something that's not comfortable or not normal for us in order for us to learn, in order for us to, I love how you mentioned just hearing people's stories. I mean, even yeah. hearing, hearing your story right now or on the podcast, just having people and hearing their stories. I mean, how many times do we just sit down with someone and be like, hey, I just want to know your story. I want to know who you are. Yeah, that yeah. can be just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you said there just made me think of, um, sorry, if this is a childish metaphor, Frozen 2, where uh-huh. the We can't song- talk about Frozen. I'm Maui. We cannot talk about Frozen. <laughs> you, sorry, we have to, for the illustration's <laughs> sake. Um, that uh, every it's like the climax where everything is going wrong at that point. Spoilers. And, and I'm not telling you what's going wrong. Oh, okay. And Anna sings the song, The Next Right Thing. Like yes. she's like, when I look too, I think the lyrics, if I remember right, if I look too far ahead, like it's too much. But to do the next step, the next right thing in front of me, you said a lot of things, you know, speak up or check in on somebody or apologize or listen. Right. Just do the next right thing that's in front of you. And that is going to create change. It's all of those steps of obedience um, that that move us towards the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, So over the last few weeks, like I said, I've been spending a lot of time in the Gospels and I've just been drawn to Jesus's prayer in John 17. And so I just wanted to close with that. And this is when um, specifically he prays for all believers. He prays for you and for me, um, for anyone listening right now. And in verse 20, he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you 
are in me and I am in you. And so that just has been a reminder and on the forefront of what I've been thinking about that unity is close to the heart of Jesus, is close to the heart of the Father. And as his church, I believe it should be close to our hearts as well. Um, As we talked about, it's not about uniformity. It's about the uniqueness. It's about valuing yourself and valuing um, the people around you, rejoicing with them and celebrating the victories when they come but also mourning with those who are mourning and stepping into the hurt and being um, there and really listening and, and trying to understand. And, and um, like you said, not point fingers, but a handshake, a fist bump, a I loved that. check in about how are you doing? Or I don't know what to say other than I'm sorry. That just that goes so far. So Chris, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity today to do that with you um, to listen and to learn and to better understand just, again, the next right thing, the next step towards unity. Um, I know Lydia and I appreciate it mm-hmm. so, so much. Yeah, um, so I just think I'm speaking for both of us here mm-hmm. that it's just an honor to have you here today and to listen to your story. And the longer we do this, um, the more I just realize how how powerful um, just a, a conversation of asking a question and listening can be. So thank you for your time today. Thank you. So that is it for today's conversation. Thanks again for tuning in. We appreciate each and every one of you um, and we'll catch you next time.